Good evening, everyone. It's 8.04 on my watch. Uh, in the next minute, we should uh, start off a great discussion on not just uh, what has happened today or yesterday, uh, but what is the differentiating path that we can take. I have uh, uh, two very interesting gentlemen with me who will help uh, us uh, go over this and uh, uh, be able to get the best out of it. So let me really invite uh, Palak Shah, who's uh, uh, you know currently the editor with uh, Business World, uh, formerly with numerous uh, other uh, business journals and publications, uh, and of course written the uh, very infamous book. Uh, so, and of course uh, I should say you know deep dived into. Uh, most of these scams and scandals that are in the market, uh, which is why, uh, you know, we even uh, had have had, you know, discussions before on this. Uh, I know him as an investigative journalist who will go behind the scenes on everything. But today, what we want to go behind the scenes of is the market, the budget and what is really happening here uh, and how we should really take this forward. So uh, welcome on board, Palak. Thank you, Rohit. Thank you very much for that uh... Kind intro. And let me also introduce uh, Sarvendra. Uh, Sarvendra Srivastava, uh, uh, you know, has, uh, was with me uh, at Sher Khan uh, and then moved on to uh, do his own thing. Uh, has been doing so for many, many years. Uh, been in the media, still uh, appears there. And has been active on Twitter, I think, for the last couple of years. Uh, so we, we uh, know him for a very, very long time uh, and one of the few other uh, Elliott Wave guys that I can we can really talk to uh, and get insights on, uh, uh, you know, what is really going on. Because to put it in, uh, in perspective, uh, Elliott, uh, Elliott Wave analysis is not just uh, price analysis like classical technicals, uh, but really gets into the emotions of it all the human behavior, uh, the behavioral aspect, and after all, everything is uh, is a behavioral science. Uh, uh, you know, economics is a behavioral science, so then why isn't there a connect between economics and uh, finance? And actually, it's there. That's what we, I've really spent so much time in exploring and then writing about value wave, which is the connect between the business cycles of a company and, and the wave structure that it's actually evolving in. Uh, and so everything stitches together and being able to understand uh, uh, what is happening in our environment in that context uh, becomes very, very important, uh, not just from a domestic, but a global perspective. And I think Sarvindra will bring his own angle to, to the whole discussion, uh, apart from you know the angles that I try to stitch together on uh, macro. So welcome, Sarvindra, uh, uh, to the spaces. It's a pleasure. Yeah, you are cracking up a bit, so I hope you're on a, on a good network. Yeah, some network issues maybe, but yeah, hopefully it should last. So fingers crossed there. And uh, when I when I retweeted this uh, spaces uh, handle, I, I I said that let's it, let it be a heart to heart conversation in the sense that we will be sharing our our our, our experiences for the last 15, 20 years, right from possibly where I was a kid where I saw my dad trading and investing during the Harshad time and, and 
from right from there we've had all those experiences where we've seen the euphorias and the panics consecutive and at least five six big euphorias and panics so we'll try and get all that and let it be hard to art i think uh, later on we can get trolled but we are trying to be we are trying to be honest here and we are trying to be honestly telling what we are thinking we might might not uh, immediately go right wrong but what i what what i want to do here is let it be a hard to art and let's share those experiences where where at least we add value to whatever 200 300 people listening right now and uh, maybe if we can change we can be a value add for even if a handful of those and 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 they understand what what we are going through and hopefully they uh, they get benefited then maybe they remember us for 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 uh, for, for the rest of their lifetime so yes it's been a pleasure here so uh, we will be trying to engage as much as possible yeah great i think i can hear you clearly through this so i guess you're in a good place uh, palak you want me to start by like uh, giving some opening or i leave it to you to take this uh, the way you want us to shoot off <laughs> yes thank you rohit uh it's a great day today i think to have uh, this discussion here especially since we had this interim budget actually this budget was a complete non event for the stock markets but uh, you know there may not be big announcements for the stock market uh, people as they may be looking for but there are clearly rohit uh, two three figures that we need to look for and we need to build our perception on the stock markets uh taking these uh, you know uh, considering these figures the uh, the biggest positive that this budget has uh, done is it's given a, a very good positive road map for uh, bringing down fiscal deficit of course uh, for three years in a row the fiscal deficit has been coming down and the modi government has been extremely disciplined on bringing down its fiscal deficit and that has uh, drastically reduced the government borrowing which is having a very good impact on uh, uh, you know government's debt management especially at a time when the us is facing uh, tremendous uh, problems in debt management uh, the debt in us has reached uh, a 35 lakh crore uh, 35 lakh um, dollars billion do- uh, uh, trillion dollars i'm sorry extremely sorry 35 trillion dollars is the us debt their debt to equity ratio is 123 and ours is 81 so i think post covid uh, this government has done some good job and and this budget is a testimony i mean it, it, it's uh, these figures that have come in the budget today is just a continuation of the three years uh, downward trajectory so considering that you know india has a lot of uh, space to spend on uh, various schemes and infrastructure hence the government is uh, government spending is going to be extremely robust for the next coming years the borrowing is going to be lower uh, you know uh, than the uh, than something which could become a concern for the markets i think rohit so that is one point and i want to hear from you you know you have uh, you have given a title of stock market bubble uh, to this spaces so what in your mind makes this a bubble and i think everybody wants to hear that rohit yeah, rohit can you hear yeah sorry i i just yeah. didn't open my mic uh, my yeah. mistake so yeah uh, so why are you calling this a stock market bubble is is this really a bubble 
yeah it's a very it's a very very uh, important pointer because uh, let's remember that the big money in markets is made uh, between the time between you spend from extreme panic uh, to extreme bubble at least that has been in the case in india uh, probably around the world at, at different points of time but repeatedly we've seen this uh, through the 80s into the early 90s that was one phase of euphoria that ended with 1994 Uh, another one we saw in 2000 another one we saw end in 2008 uh but the starting point of each of these was extreme panic uh whether it was the panic of the 70s uh, with the oil crisis in india whether it is the panic of you know 1997 98 uh, which was not just southeast asian crisis but then followed by our own pokhran tests uh, and the sanctions on india and uh, that is exactly where uh, the boom took off uh, you know the final stages of the uh, tech bubble took off as far as india is concerned and the indices went to all time highs uh, and then we of course have 2008 uh, to all remember and then there's the starting point right so the starting point is the panic of 2009 which followed 2008 and if that is your starting point then you have a boom and then you have a bubble and how do we really describe a bubble because after all valuations by themselves may not be the key but if you have valuations uh which uh, you know beyond a point cannot be supported by growth or rather you reach a crossroad you know when when it's all about just money and liquidity and that is sort of what i'm hearing over and over again so you went over this whole spending thing so i'll just mix it up over here a bit uh, a lot of yeah. the growth that we are seeing in india and in the us is actually coming from government spending okay so government is uh, stepping in spending more money Uh, the us has done it in a big way uh, their fourth quarter 2023 growth numbers came all the way on the back of government spending that they stepped up uh, you know a year ahead of the uh, of their own elections because then probably later they may not be able to do the same quantum what it has resulted in is that us is going to be a going to have a deficit of 2 trillion dollars and becomes a net borrower uh, you know for a significant amount year after year which keeps growing that's one of the reasons that has put so much pressure on their bond market so on the one hand we think about well india is going to borrow less and spend less bond yields come down my question is is that really a good thing because if you spend less are you going to get the growth that that you were really getting last year the growth no wait i did was... not say spend less i think government is accelerating spending i mean they have the room is what i mean yeah i didn't uh, I, okay i i'll chew my words i didn't mean spend less but a, but the it's a slower rate of spend so to explain that last year the capex spending actually grew by 30% you know so when we were doing this phases uh, right after the budget around the adani thing my uh, sense was that indian budget uh, expanded uh, capex by 30% which meant at least the capital goods sector does well if nothing else and the multiplier of that and so on a lot of people were hoping that this year they will at least hit 20% they brought it down to 11 which definitely helps the fiscal situation but it's not as robust as last year so now when uh, when the government is not going to crowd out these private sector uh, by borrowing more uh, somebody has got to do the credit expansion right which means i really need private sector capex and the investment cycle to pick up now of course i have to go deeper into those numbers as far as the private sector capex cycle and investment cycle is concerned so i don't have that data with me right now to say whether it's happening or not but definitely i'd want an answer on that before i say that well if the government is not going to spend that much more as it did last year then is the is the growth really going to come from uh, from the uh, private sector uh, in a big way and if not 
uh, if not if the private sector is not seeing uh, not confident enough that uh, their numbers can grow to the extent that they need to you know borrow more then uh, how do you get that high multiplier growth uh, uh, in india as of this moment so you you could be grading yourself for a slight slowdown compared to what happened in the last couple of years uh, but uh, in the global landscape landscape because uh, the us has already been on that path borrow more spend more so you get more growth when you have such a big borrowing bill i don't see how interest rates can come down so you can bring down indian bond yields but if global bond yields start rising again uh, and i think they will at some point of time unless you really go back to uh, go back to uh, quantitative easing so that is which they are trying to bring back on the table because i think uh, he's mentioned that we need to talk about lowering interest rates and we need to talk about when to end the quantitative tightening program now since they are saying that okay we need to talk about these things the market will start anticipating that well these things are going to happen and uh, therefore market start running up on it and reflating everything so the very uh, disinflationary trends that we had actually created can uh, very quickly get uh, pushed back uh, to reflationary trends and you know rising prices all over again but of course there's the gap in between and so what we really have to figure out is what happens first i mean uh, do you really go towards rate cuts and qt without really having an economic without having an economic slowdown in the us will they really do that uh, or not that needs to be seen so far it looks like that's what they may be waiting for because uh, there was no other reason for them to push back on march otherwise uh, pce numbers or even wpi numbers in india had even gone negative at some point of time then why didn't the rbi really just cut rates uh, you know so there's a reason they're not doing it they're trying to there, there are various global imbalances that are out there that are not being really addressed and uh, which is why i think they are scared to really go the other way quickly uh, uh, without uh, you know not just paying attention to some of these data points uh, which are already showing that well things have slowed down or inflation has gone uh is going back lower in fact wholesale inflation is also gone negative at some point of time both in the us and producer prices in the us also dropped significantly but we are paying attention to some other numbers and uh, again i go back to the elephant in the room it is the big borrowing because if if your growth is only going to come from borrowing more uh, uh and if the government is is the biggest borrower then how can you really bring down interest rates i think that is without really going back to money printing so that i think is become the uh, biggest issue uh, on board and uh, i i don't know how, how you address that so without addressing that i can't see an environment where okay all this fiscal talk is nice but uh, can you really bring down interest rates uh, uh, substantially you know which is which is a scenario i was myself painting a year back that indian bond yields will go into a deep dive down and i think they will eventually there's a wave c coming but the question is before that wave c comes is there an interest rate shock uh, now in 2018 i thought there would be that interest rate shock covid brought back qe uh, the interest rate shock got postponed i said okay maybe it's not there maybe it's past but once again we are facing a rate shock uh, starting 22 23 and uh, now i'm again wondering are we past the interest rate shock or is it still ahead of us and i think uh, in fact that's a subject which uh sarvendra has also been talking about a lot for most of the last two years that this is a uh, major change as far as the interest rate cycle is concerned so i think that that is the elephant uh the rate cycle can you really turn that around uh without really pressing the accelerator on you know money printing and if you can't then when are you going to do that acceleration is it going to be 
after an economic calamity or before an economic calamity and that so when you say yeah. when you say rate shock what do you mean so by rate shock, shock i mean i imagine us bond yield is going back to a uh, you know right now they are they're trying to drop back below 4% but imagine them going back to 5 and a half 6% at least that will happen back. when the us starts raising the rates again you mean to say no the us will not have to raise rates it's just that the borrowing program is so big if mm. they just need just just come to the market to borrow or even mm. the refinancing programs of a lot of the private sector has a huge refinancing bill coming up this quarter which means a lot of the corporates need to actually roll over their private debt uh, over the next 3 months uh and as these refinancings happen uh which means you you have to borrow money right so if there's a huge demand for money uh the price of money is going to go up not go down uh, unless you really intervene okay so intervene you mean qe i can't think of any other uh, any other term for intervention there could be others i mean they have done reverse repos and they have done all kinds of other things in the last one year tg account has been used at some point of time to infuse liquidity but basically you need to if you need to get rates down uh, those things didn't work in bringing rates down they just brought liquidity back in the market but if you need to bring rates down then uh, you will need to buy the bonds so it, it comes down to what what they call yield curve control right you you'll have to move towards that Sim- similar to what japan eventually did for for such a long period of time okay so you are uh, you know before i get sarvendra on this just i just wanted to know when you say stock market bubble is it a 2008 kind of a bubble and you see such deep fall in the market or you see you know markets have gone up so sharply a 20% correction and then again we stabilize and you know the world stabilizes and it starts going up do you see something like this so uh, so let's put it in two two buckets uh, the bucket number one is they don't do qe first they wait for things to slow down Uh, in that environment bond yields shoot up first uh, you get a crisis and then possibly you try to cut rates and you know go back to the earlier program and that will take time now when you go from an uh, from an up so then you have to ask the question when you are unwinding and and so you ask this question about bubbles right what mm. are you unwinding today are you unwinding just a normal market which is correcting or are you unwinding a bubble and if you go by that this entire rally i mean anybody anybody can easily tell you that this is the most i mean the more the stocks in us are most overvalued at any point of time in history now is that logical or not or was it only driven by liquidity uh, and so are we making a case for perpetual liquidity and most of the people who are bullish on equities are essentially making a case for perpetual liquidity now if you're making a case for perpetual liquidity then that is your case only you know that uh, liquidity is perpetual money will just keep driving everything up valuations don't matter anymore old school is dead uh but the fact is and uh, beautifully because we have uh, strike as a uh, platform you know uh, today and those of those people who actually started using it we've introduced something uh, known as the valuation graphs uh, you can use any valuation metric uh, i don't think you get this on any other platform which means uh, you can actually plot not just pe ratios but you can plot price to book market cap to sales for the last decade we hopefully will make it two decades eventually uh, and see whether you are at one standard deviation two standard deviations and as add on to that we can even look at whether the momentum is actually turning so it's not just okay high valuations are a sell but okay let's get a sell signal as well so that's like technicals combined with valuations but if i purely just talk about valuations and bubbles n number of stocks are above two standard deviations including lot of the psu stocks which are now heated up okay they were all cheap 
I've been talking about PSU sector a year or two back uh, when most people thought that was the stupid thing to do, when it was the right thing to do. Now, I'm sure everybody would think that the stupid thing to do is not to buy PSU stocks. And I would say the exact opposite of that because they are overheated in terms of the amount of price volume activity happening over there. Many of them do not have, except for maybe some places where there's government orders, don't really have the earnings growth power to say that, you know, prices need to go up 3x, 4x, 5x. So when you do a 10-year to standard deviation range, they're all crossing to standard deviations either on PE or price to book or one of the other metrics, you know. So that's happening across the board. I'm not just saying for PSUs, but I'm saying uh, many, many stocks would be in those ranges. Some of them have already started to decline on those ratios, uh, you know, to put a name out there. It's not really particular advice, but if you just plot the ratios of a Bajaj Finance, why is it that the stock doesn't move even though earnings keep showing growth of 30%? You know, why does it keep dropping? Because the valuations are so high, you're still going through a valuation correction. So you've dropped from two standard deviations to one standard deviation. But you will, are you going to go all the way down? That is the bigger question. So when do valuation corrections happen? The answer is when interest rates go up. Because after all, interest rates are a factor in every investment model. If you pick up any uh, model, any any price price model of you know fundament, that is fundamentally driven, interest rates will come in at some point of time. And uh, uh, what multiplier really give everything is based on rates, right? So if you take rates to zero, then the multiplier is infinity. But if you keep it somewhere significantly low, then all previous ranges get broken, which is sort of what we've seen over the last decade, first in the US and now we're starting to see that in India, which is sort of why the exchanges had to change the way they plot PE, right? They went from standalone earnings to consolidated earnings and so on. So we've changed the PE ratios without adjusting historical. So frankly speaking, people can't even see what the historical was when they're comparing today's data. And they have the wrong uh, wrong data, basically. But wait, there is no, there is no yeah. scare of rates going up further from here in the US uh, as well as in India. I mean, you know, India may be a 25 basis or 50 basis at max, but there's no scare of the rates going up further up. I mean, rates going further up. So then what is your concern, really? So you have to be able to anticipate this, right? The, what I'm saying is that the net borrowing program, which is expanding year after year into trillions of dollars, huh. unless you finance it, Okay, I'm not saying you can't. You can find a way to do it. Uh, QE is just one of them. You can ask all the banks to buy it. You can go for SLR ratios, which have been significantly reduced uh, around the world. You can tell the banks, well, the ratios are back. You need to own 10% of your reserves in government as, uh, government bonds, and you could actually shore it up. But my point is, we are not there yet. So without all that happening, if you're going to just say that I'm going to borrow so much money, it is not possible for bond yields to come down a lot as far as the US is concerned. I'm saying even if the Fed cuts rates, it will not work. So there's a whole story and there's an entire plot on this. Uh, you know, Elliott Wave International has published those charts many, many times. And they say the Fed follows the bond market, not the other way around. It's not Fed doesn't lead the bond market. In other words, if bond yields start falling, the Fed starts talking about rate cuts. If bond yields start rising, the Fed is forced to raise rates. You can see this in the most recent period. Did bond yields start rising from 2020 to 21 to 22? The answer is yes. Yields were rising all through 21, 22. Even as the stock market was going up, yields were rising. Nobody was concerned. The Fed was not raising rates because inflation was not a problem. Right? So when did they start doing it? Only after yields went above 3.5% is when they said, oh, we need to raise rates. Because now the gap between the Fed rate and the market bond yield rate was very, very high. Like you're 300, 400 basis points off the mark. 
and suddenly you had an inflation problem. So you were forced to pull and so you actually moved towards the bond yields. So inflation so is not a problem even now. I mean, and all these things you see playing over the time or it's very immediate, this market correction or a fall that you're so you already about. seen. So you've already seen a pullback in yields, right? Just look at what happened in the last quarter. September to December, US bond yields actually went down. When did the Fed start talking about lowering rates in December, right? And everybody got euphoric. Now are yields going down? Well, they've fallen the last two days. But let me not say that that's a start of a big downdraft in yields because yields could anytime turn. So I'll give it time. I'll not say they've immediately turned because uh, we just closed for the month. And on the monthly chart, uh, the bond market actually got rejected from the 20-month average. You know, So I take that as a negative because you failed to cross it. Of course, we can attempt again. But the failure to cross the 20-month average shows that the bond market is still weak. And uh, it could at some point of time attempt a breakdown uh, to higher yields. And that I think, if that happens, you'll see the Fed backing off. So now, why did the Fed change its language yesterday, saying suddenly that, oh no, we are not doing anything in March. Mm. And I say it again, they're following the bond market because the bond yields started to rise and they suddenly backed off from the possibility. So which which simply means that the markets are going to, I mean, you know, this, this bubble that you're talking about is going to sustain for a, a few more months until the Fed. So... Uh, you know, there's one more theory that once Fed starts cutting rate, it is then that the markets really start reacting and fall because, you know, then they feel that something is wrong. So that brings, but me, as of the, now, that brings me to the last part of the concoction, which is uh, timing the market, right? We can always say, yeah. will it top out now? Will it top out three months from now? So a year back, I said uh, the yield curve is inverted, but it can remain inverted for long. So a year back, my sense was market can remain elevated for another year. Now we have, we have done one year. Now that we have done one year, what we look for is sentiment. Okay, so sentiment is key. Uh, so the word bubble actually comes from from the idea that has sentiment reached an extreme? What is sentiment extreme? Is everybody long? Is everybody bullish? Are people buying stocks relentlessly? Have they given up on all negativity? And, and when they have done that is when we can say that we are in a bubble. Now, of course, bubbles can last for a while. Okay. But uh, if you've reached that point of sentiment extreme, uh, how far down that lane do you want to just keep riding it on, on momentum, right? So you have to watch out for a reversal. You can say the reversal. You can argue whether it has reversed today or not. Will you make one more new high or not? But all the sentiment data is now on the side of bubble so uh like, so the like first thing you is, can the give, first thing, give examples yeah so the first thing is to accept that uh, we are there let's look at a couple of examples let's say the nifty futures premium okay uh, hmm. is at an all-time high and by premium i mean uh, the rollover cost from current month to next month uh, for the month of december to jan uh, this year was at an all-time high it's slightly reduced okay. this month because in January we saw a correction. So, of course, it came the, the premiums came off a bit between Jan and Feb, but they were still on the positive side and near the high side. Uh, mm. I run a 30-day average. Uh, so, the 30-day average for the Jan month was, at, was an all-time high reading. Now, that's one of them. The other one is, of course, institutional, uh, uh, institutional trade. So, if you actually look at FII's, uh, for the third time in a year, uh, they had the highest long positions, which, uh, which are... Uh, where the behavior, you know, if if I tell you that if the market has broken out to an all-time high past uh, 18,600 that we peaked in 2021, mm. the behavior of the market should have actually changed from what it was uh, in the range-bound period between, you know, 15,000 to 18,000 to what it was prior to that. So when you had the COVID rally or any bull run in the previous periods, 
during that bull run what you would have seen is a lot of put writing because that's usually a sign that you know the writers are extremely bullish they're selling puts the market's going up uh we haven't seen that change despite uh, the market going up to 3000 points right from you know 15000 to 21000 that's 5000 points but say even from 18000 or 16800 where we bottomed last year uh all the way up here uh, where we are uh 3 4000 point move we are still seeing the behavior where a lot of call moment the market tops a lot of call writing is happening which means the put writers haven't become excessively active and that mm. sort of shows that the markets are concerned uh, like never before uh the volume of put traded to calls also remains at the highest end uh, you know so there's a lot of concern there as well so now this this is where the smart money is uh, and they and this pattern not changing tells you that something this is not the setup you want to see in a bull run you know bull, bull run you want to see just one sided move uh but that's not what we are seeing in these in these data patterns so you basically mean to say that the sentiment is still weak and you know people are expecting a fall uh you know in the market so does that really happen that way so uh so there are always two sides to the coin right if if uh, fi is a long clients are short there's always going to be the opposite side Uh, I think if I is a short right now. I think two days ago they correct. were one lakh contract short. So they one want, so they one want their long. So there is a directional trade as well as there is uh, there is the extreme data point, right? So whenever whenever you'll have that, you'll always have two sides. Why did I talk about call writing and buying? Is that if I take the opposite side and I say if if I say that call writing is too heavy in this rally, you'll say oh people are too concerned. But that's the writer, right? The smart money that makes ninety percent of the gains, ninety percent of option sellers. Uh, options basically expire out of the money, right? Which means the writers make the money. On the opposite side of that, there's a call buyer, right? You're forgetting that aspect. That that means record call buying is happening. There's a writer, there's a buyer. The buyer is uh, is the one that loses out most of the time, but he's buying calls because that's the bullishness. That's the bullish extreme. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you look at the uh, look at the the ratio that way, or if you look at total open interest in the options market, which is now eighty percent, eighty five percent, eighty five percent of the total market is options now. Uh, in two thousand and eight, it was seventy five percent was the futures, and only twenty five twenty twenty five percent was options. Now it is eighty five percent options. So that's sort of a flip on the head, which has happened. It's happened around the world, uh, not just in India. So you can see the same kind of data in the US, where the options market has really exploded to levels that. but on thought of or on on uh you know heard of ever before uh so that's another another thing that just goes blows through the sky and you really wonder whether it's off the charts uh i don't know whether we should read the sip money the same way uh but uh, every mid cap mania has always been associated with huge amounts of money coming into the market uh most people don't have a time horizon beyond 10 15 years fortunately i started studying the market in 1990 as an 18 year old so for me uh the memories of 94 are not uh, not very far away uh, everybody was investing in mutual funds uh, us 64 was very very hot after that it was master gain master plus master share master share 2 there so many schemes and what eventually happened is most of these schemes were investing in mid caps because you know large caps had already gone to far pe ratios were 35 40 let's buy the small stocks so everybody bought small stocks and eventually all the funds had small stocks investors were buying left right and center uh individual investors you may not believe it because we don't have enough data but the simplest answer i can tell you and anybody who lives in mumbai and travels by the first class locals out here if you stepped into a 1994 first class local you would have you would have sat down and looked around and found everybody looking at a pink paper called the bow copy which is the daily prices of stocks 
so this is the scene of 1994 first class train okay so to say that you know all everybody was not investing back then and what happened after that is the mid cap mania ended most of those investors never came back and you know what happened to uti they almost went bankrupt so uh, in fact they went yeah, bankrupt why say almost they went bankrupt <laughs> mm-hmm. so now you may not see bankruptcy but what i'm saying is you do have a mania in what has happened is people wanted to buy large caps they thought large caps are overvalued they've gone and bought mid caps they thought mid caps got overvalued they've gone and bought psus psus are getting overvalued mm-hmm. what else do you want to know on the bubble side everybody is buying stocks and they are buying everything that is available under the sun in the name of valuation can we get sarvendra now sarvendra you agree with uh, this theory or i mean you are in the same camp that the bubble is right is there to bubble? burst any first, first of all is it a bubble yeah is it a <laughs> bubble first of all yeah absolutely i think it's a bubble why uh, for the reason one simple reason that this 350 lakh crore market cap if you even want to sell what are you going to be able to sell because if you go and look at the delivery positions on on the nft average if you without disturbing the market too much 50 100 points what you can easily sell possibly would be around 2 and a half 3000 crore right per day No, no, boss. FIIs are selling ten thousand crore. Also, I mean, I've no, seen no, no, figures. No, no. Of... I'm, I'm, I'm saying net deliveries. At the end of the day, delivery changing hand is around three, four, three, four thousand crores, right? Net delivery. No, no, Sarvendra, ten thousand crore net. I mean, sale, net sale figure. I'm talking about. No. That's what no, FIIs have sale, been no. selling. I mean, Rohit will know. No, no, FIIs are selling, but DI is also buying. No, I'm saying what is the net delivery? Okay. Without, what I'm trying to tell you, without disturbing the market. without disturbing the market and being able to sell in those say nifty opens at 20 21500 and you are able to sell at 21500 maximum you can sell would be around 2 3000 crores without so, and still you would be disturbing the, you will be letting the nifty fall by 50 100 points at least if you sell 3 4000 crores of stock in a day nifty hmm. would be down 50 100 points at least Fair. but that's not a big deal i mean you know what do you make out of it no no so let 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 me let me complete yeah, so today sure. today we have a 350 lakh crore market cap right mm. 1% of that is 3 and a half lakh crore right mm. so if i have to want to sell 1% of this market cap i need around 150 days to sell, 100 to 150 days to sell back to back if i if, if i if i so desire see i have made so much of money right let's assume mm. that the market is one one single balance sheet right it is one single balance sheet and since i have made so much of money if i just want to sell 1% of that just to book some profit i have to mm. i need around 100 days 100 to 150 days to sell and mm. in in those 100 days if i in those 100 days if i only disturb the nifty by 50 100 points then also we are looking at 5 6 7 000 points of or of downtick in those 100 days right and this i am assuming very very fair and nobody is getting disturbed every everybody is all the things are getting supply whatever is getting supplied is being taken out right aisa to kabhi hota nahi hai we have seen so I, as i said in my memory when i go back and i was a small kid and we saw what happened during the harshad time to our parents right and to our uncles and so i i saw that so so from 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 that childhood itself i thought ki there could definitely be some other way also you it's not that you only want to be a buy and hold and then when we started doing cycle analysis and which we do regularly if you go and look at the sensex data for the last 44 years every even year and every the fourth year almost it's it's like a clockwork every even year you see that you would get a good swing top and with a good swing top on the index i mean a swing top which is at least from where the market falls at least 25 to 30% so out of those 44 years in this of even years you will see that 
going back to 5.25 and all that i think we are headed for 6.5 and nobody can stop it see fed is the largest balance sheet right so mm. they have i don't know some they can also lose a plot sometimes right because they lost the plot when when the bond yields when when the bond yields are already rallied i think three four quarters they did not do anything when the bond yield was already at 1.25 1.5 they were still at 0.25 0.5 range right so they were they lagged for four quarters so why not the bond yields can still go on and they might be again lagging for three four quarters so i think 6.5 is coming it will take 12 to 24 months okay we can get trolled for this i can get trolled for this but that's my view honest view i might be wrong but you have to also understand that we are already in the our trade is deep in the money we are our trade trade is deep in the money we are short the us 10 year from 1.139 right now it's at 113 so and it went to 106 and it's just bounce back so we are just waiting we also have our trailing stop loss all that is all fine trading and view making is are two different things we have our trailing stop loss we have risk management that's that's all different but i still believe that the us 10 year is heading back to a double bottom a test of 1.105 or 104 at least in that case the yields will be upwards of 5.25 now we have to then look at what benchmarks or what landmarks or gold posts <coughs> someone would be looking at so from the fed angle i can tell you that possibly they are looking at everybody in the markets is looking at the gold post of 2008 2008 is a very big reference point to me i don't know about others but i keep on referring every 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 uh, comparison that i do or every pair readings that i take or every every correlation that i am taking right now is from 2008 right and those are some fairly interesting readings which i'll share on the course of this spaces that 2000 is the big benchmark for the bond market also you will be very very surprised to know that where we went right now at when we prodded 5.10 approximately right in this in, in this in this particular rally it is exactly just below the 2006 2008 reading of the us bond yields us bond yields were at around 5.4 on the swing highs of 2006 and 8 are all around 5.14 5.15 so the market possibly has respected that and that is why you are getting this time wise correction and that is why i also believe that there is a possibility that might you might fall to 3.4 3.5 that's it we are not going to 3 and we we went to 3.8 right now 3.76 or something is was what was the reading was last 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 week when when we corrected right and from there we again went went back to 4 so i'm saying there could be a fight between the bulls and bears on the bonds on the bond yields at around within this range of 3.7 3.5 that is possible over the next one three months fairly possible but i don't see it going much below 3.3 and i see it going to 6.5 over the next 12 24 months and rolling a us 10 year bond is very simple and you get a fairly and there is no cost involved so not not big rollovers that you have to pay in fact you get a slight carry sometimes so i think th- that's the whole view and if and if that hypothesis is holding true for me 6.5 there's no way that i can be long equities right from 4 to 6.5 will be a lot of pain for the next 12 months and that is that is why i think that even year terms which which we are talking terms of percentage only covid was a sharp affair everything else has been approximately a 15 month affair whenever the market tops out in an even year it's usually a 15 month decline average so, okay i'm saying uh, 2008 was around 9 months and then somewhere between 18 months 15 months 24 months i'm just taking a broad average 12 to 15 months is what you will correct if the top is already in place in the even year first quarter if the first quarter fails then you get the top in the third quarter third to fourth quarter so the, if you don't top out right now by the first week of feb we are and this continues to extend you might end up going into october october november is again a cycle which gives you good tops right on the, 
and these are fairly simple charts everybody can go and check it's not that i am making any story you can go and check so one of the stories here is that if we believe that the first if jan is the top or the by first week of feb the top is in place you should get a 15 month decline from here on up 12 to 15 month decline in that time frame i think my bond targets will also be done and everything will be done and markets will also give you a fair bit of correction and things would be things would be looking fairly good to us also at that point in time just like it was looking at covid right so very few people i i believe rohit me and quite a few of us during that covid fall were very very bullish on that covid on the on that near that covid low why because yeah. we thought that a wave two was over right so we are again calling for in for another wave two correction going into at least 12 to 15 months and going by history as i said even year cycles will give you approximately 30% on the index so so everybody can take their own figure if you think that 21200 21150 21128 whatever we printed close to 21100 if 21100 is the top on the nifty then you can you can do your it's a fairly simple math you can do 25 to 30% on index but the fact remains that stocks are always slightly high beta and people are holding small caps mid caps if the index falls 25 30% stocks will easily fall 40 50% also so that's also a possibility so that so, risk is there it's an honest opinion and then we are we are putting our head on the line getting trolled and everything but we are still here and putting our head on the line and 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 and, and we on the chopping board and saying that this is possible yeah so sarvendra your 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 key reason for saying this is that us interest rates are headed higher from i mean the bond uh, rates are headed higher from interest rates are headed higher from here to 6.6 or 6.5% so i think one of the biggest catalyst that the us federal reserve looks to hike its interest rate is the inflation uh, you know so for the us interest rates to rise from the levels inflation has to go uh, uh, i mean you know it really has to go bonkers i mean inflation has to rise very sharply rohit what are the catalysts for the inflation to rise so sharply palak 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 let me add there yes i i agree see reasons will always follow the price right reasons will always come by a delay of 3 4 as i said always lags by 2 3 quarters at least so i mean i i might not be able to pinpoint the right reasons right now but i am very very sure that the reasons will emerge No, no, you are right. I am no, no. I agree with you. What I am trying to tell you is, we are trying no, to like decipher no, is. No, no. I will let me complete what I was saying. I will, I will agree with Rohit what he said at the start of his talk that Fed might still be not doing anything, but the bond, but the bond traders will make sure that it goes to six six point five. Is what I am saying. And the reason, Palak, is that the US needs to borrow more. That is the reason. It's not just, so. There is too much focus on inflation. You can say inflation is like the, you know. Uh, smoke screen in all of this right inflation is the smoke screen i got to borrow 2 trillion dollars plus my entire i mean that is just the deficit my net borrowing my debt is like much more 18 20 trillion dollars right that much borrowing i need to do every year how am i going to do it <laughs> that is the question you come to the market and say i need to borrow so much money market will say fine give me 7% mm-hmm the only reason that's not happening is because the dollar was the reserve currency of the world right this story has been around over and over again and as long as they can keep expanding money on that story they've been able to keep it going now also remember that the net borrowers are not i mean so now there's this other fight right ki why will the dollar go up in all of this and uh, and then they, and what is the dollar the dollar is not the dollar okay 
And what I mean by that is we are not talking about dollar like we talk about the rupee. We talk about the dollar index, which is a cross rate. Mm. So when we talk of a cross rate and everybody in the world is borrowing, okay, that means US is borrowing, India is borrowing, Brazil is borrowing, Russia is borrowing, everybody is borrowing. Now it is a net game. Okay, when you have cross rates and cross currencies in the modern world, it is a net game that you are playing between everybody. I print some, you print some. This is what US and Europe has been doing and that is how they balance the dollar index. But if you reach a point where you're at the brink, I mean, US needs to borrow the most, what is it going to do? Who, who, which, which head is going to get cut first? It's not going to be their head for sure. But yeah, Roy, that is the reason they have systematically slowed down, got a slowdown so that, you know. Uh, yeah, so, so I'm not saying they haven't. I'm not saying they haven't and they're not trying. I'm just... Yeah, I'm so just, we are I'm talking like, about an extreme situation, which Sarvendra said, you know, 5%. So if, yeah, but it's if already it's... happened. You see, this big bond yield rise has already happened. Did, did anybody think you would be at 5-5.5%? Five, five but that was it's because of happened. inflation. That was because of inflation. No, only the second half of it because of inflation. You see, like we say, news always follows, follows the event. Do you know that bond yields bottomed in 2020? They started rising in mid of 2020. Okay. By mid of 2021, when the stock market was going up, you were already above 2%. So there's one and more counter-argument. Bond deals were already at 3.5% in 2022 and the Fed was still not raising rates. Mm -hmm. It was not, and inflation was still at 3-4%. It was still like, okay. And then suddenly it went to 7 and then 8 and then 9 and then they said, oh, we need to do something. But there's so, a counter-argument to this, you know, if, if yeah. the interest rates are going so high... The commodity prices like oil prices and all are going to, I mean, you know, there's going to be a slowdown because there will be less liquidity in the system. There's going to be a Absolutely. slowdown. So this, so then, so then the commodity prices will go down, you know. So whatever spending is required or, you know, it will get adjusted by the lower commodity prices. So where is the point of this extreme situation that we are talking about? Yeah, that, so I'll give you more, 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 uh, more turning points. Uh, and so then, then, then we go deeper and deeper into numbers. Okay, how this can happen? Now, say okay, you get a slowdown. US has twenty trillion to borrow. You think that borrowing will reduce because of the slowdown or increase? I'll tell you the answer. The answer is it will increase. Why? Because suddenly you will not have enough tax re tax receipts on the other side. So moment you get an economic slowdown, your tax receipts drop, which means you have to borrow even more now to fund what you already. But you also spent. drop your funding, right? No, it, I mean, it, financing, no. uh, you also no, drop you your spending, no. spending. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Have you ever seen spending come down in any government? You yeah, just of course, I mean, it. they've been, see, we go into US, I mean, that's, you know, our listeners want to know US about market, but I'm telling you. We started this discussion. They are saving a lot of it. No, 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 created on the basis of spending and borrowing more. Mm. So, so moment you stop that, then, then, then you go into deflation. So that is like outright the other extreme. So you can't stop. Basically, you can't stop and you need to keep inflation down and you keep, need to keep spending and borrowing. That is just how it is working. So, but the point is, can you keep borrowing endlessly? So when your debt to GDP is 80%, yeah, you're still okay. But when you cross 100%, are you still okay? You know, uh, so there was this entire study, right, in the US. So by, the peak uh, was 129% for US, recent correct. peak, I mean, uh, last year. But yeah. They got it down to 123. And I think yeah. they, if you read their commentary, they're saying we are still headed down. 
because they are reducing their financing on the global wars no. and uh, no this reduction from 127 to 123 is inflation it's not reduced borrowing okay yeah because it is debt to gdp right you are doing a ratio you are doing debt divided by gdp uh, has debt reduced no has gdp gone up yes and this is nominal gdp nominal means production into into price and what has gone up is price so this is this is essentially what they have been trying to do in uh, in this whole program is that the government spends more you get some inflation and uh, that inflation basically pushes up nominal gdp and therefore your debt to gdp ratio comes down uh, the only thing you want in this is you don't want 8% inflation you want 2 3% inflation so that over 10 years your debt comes down okay mm. but the problem area always is and as this study uh, i think it was uh, Uh, i'm forgetting the name uh, there was a study in the us uh, by these uh, professors where if your debt to gdp crosses 100% uh, then essentially every economy that has crossed that and i'm talking about public debt that is government what has been the what has been the all time peak of debt to gdp for in the us do you know in the us i mean so they had reached uh, 130 uh, 120% or so in 1929 but uh, by the by world war 2 when they were excessively printing and trying to get the economy back it went to around 165% or something ah huh. but this is uh, this is combining government and private sector that number today is at almost 350 360 370% okay now we only talking about government right now uh i don't know the 1920 public debt number uh, but yeah mm mm-hmm. so so the key points to take away from here is that us interest rates are at 5 or 5.25% mm-hmm. and we are staring at yet another percent rise that is 6 or 6.25 or max to max 6.5%. So mm-hmm. now let's take this scenario extrapolate it and you know you can tell us so how how much can the stock markets crack, crack you know what is the risk to the stock markets is it is it going to be another 2008 kind of a uh, you know bubble burst or the original question is the market is going to correct other markets going to correct 20 25% and then stabilize well i hope so uh, you know like sarvinder said we can't have the perfect answer but at least we can we can prepare for what it can be because see uh, there are a lot of presumption in, in this you know for a for the for a market correction to stop within 10 15% uh, what what you are also then saying is that at some point of time that qe comes back and you know you are again on a printing and liquidity stream and nothing breaks uh, significantly by that point of time so there are a lot of unknowns in that because even 2008 looked like that for a while then a lot of things broke and then they managed to intervene eventually uh, what will they be able to do this time uh, is the unknown right the only thing we can prepare for that is the situation is uh, slightly out of whack Uh, uh if it does turn on its head then uh it's not going to be an easy scenario which is what what he highlighted by you know if there's even some degree of selling that starts from uh, f- from the fund side or some reversal it may not happen immediately because right now uh it's euphoria right nobody wants to sell nobody is going to close their S- S- uh, sip or something like that uh, so it doesn't happen at at first at on the first sneeze uh, it's it's more the smart money that's moving out it's not really a rush that is happening from from weekends that happens much much later uh, uh so 
you have to prepare for a worst case scenario i don't know whether that worst case scenario ends up being small or big but you're either prepared or you're not and that that's the only way i'll think about it uh, uh is it is it a scenario which is out of whack i think all the data suggests that it is out of whack i mean let's okay let's put it this way let's ask this question and ask it to you and sarvendra both this has been one of the fastest rate hiking cycles okay we've seen interest rates go up a lot yeah yeah in one year i but, think from uh, 1% but, to 5% but the impact on markets in hindsight doesn't look like it was that severe and my question is why hmm. my question is why to both of you okay why do you think that 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 markets didn't react to such a big jump up in interest rates in the us so the biggest uh, thing is liquidity driving it because liquidity is still abundant in the uh, system that is one big thing you know you take example of india 15000 crore worth of uh, you know flows are coming into domestic mutual funds in the worst case scenario so that's 15000 crore is annual 150000 crore worth of uh, you know inflows into mutual funds and i'm talking only about mutual funds okay then there is insurance companies and so on so in the worst case you know say if the markets are falling 25% from here and 50% of that inflow stops coming you know so we in the worst case we have we haven't seen in past uh, i think say from 2004 if you see 20 years we haven't seen sip stopping fully i mean you know uh, mutual funds uh, witnessing on a net basis annually mutual funds witnessing net withdrawals so we haven't seen that we say 60 or 50 or 60% worth of these sips or the inflow reduces so we'll still have 6000 or 7000 crore worth of inflow into mutual funds plus insurance companies have never seen uh, you know any kind of uh, withdrawal on a net basis so i think you know looking at such a scenario we'll still have worst of the market we'll still have 60 70 80 000 crore worth of inflows into the market you know if you talk about liquidity uh, situation yeah i think uh, on the other side we'll have uh you know pull back from hni investors fii's so you know you can say 20 25% or 30% kind of a market crash uh, in the scenario that us raises its interest rate by 1% i'm talking about the indian market scenario mm. now indian finances uh, the government finances are fairly well balanced uh, you know the government borrowing is not too high like pre covid it was uh, uh you know fiscal deficit went up to 6% and more so we will so you know if if this government sticks to like in 3 years they have stuck to their uh, uh, fiscal deficit target and they have fairly done fairly well so if this government sticks to that you know and if it brings down the fiscal deficit to 4.5% by 26 and 5.1% is the target they have given for next year and next year i believe it's going to be even much, much lower and i'll give you my reason for that the biggest reason is that this past 2 3 years the government past 2 years the government hasn't done any kind of dis- uh, disinvestment uh, you know or raised money by selling their stake which they will do after these elections and they haven't done this uh, for the sheer fear of uh, attracting opposition uh, 
you know the bad name from the opposition that you know desh bech rahe bharat bech rahe bharat ki companies bech rahe you are selling your silver so i think that's a very uh, you know uh, uh, a bad way to look at it but anyways because congress was the master of disinvestment and so this government has not done that so i think in the next few years i'll i'll disagree there the congress also failed to sell sell psus on the same guy no they failed no no this so government has put a complete freeze <laughs> no no this 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 government has put a complete freeze on it while congress was doing little bit of it you know it was selling every year at least you know there used to be 10000 crore on an average if you see 10 years of congress they have done a good amount of disinvestment in some companies you know so this government except bearing this air india which they got no money i mean they haven't done any big disinvestment in the past 2 3 years they put a complete freeze because of you know the opposition calling them shoot boot ki sarkar so coming back to our point what i'm trying to say is they have these uh, room where they can manage their finances which is you know once there is a little bit of slow down into taxes they can come up so so there is this telecom sector where they are planning this uh, huge uh, 5g i mean you know investments and satcom investments uh, from the international players which which you know after these elections it will open up because that is one sector where this government wants to do a lot of stuff and turn around uh, but i think the opposition the scare of the opposition uh, making noises ahead of the election is holding them back so i think that will that is one sector so like that there are several other sectors so fairly well uh, you know even in the worst market scenario i mean india's finances can be managed fairly well given that they have uh, you know stuck to the fiscal discipline uh, fiscal discipline and the borrowing uh, has also come down in the past 2 3 years 3 years in a row actually and even next year is going to be the same so i believe that liquidity is not going to completely dry away and be sucked out from the indian markets like like you're talking about the us 1% hike in the interest rate that is going to break down everything i don't know i am a little bit skeptical about that see i am i am always open to any kind of correction in the market which makes it very healthy i am not looking at a you know 3 4 years or a 15 month or 20 month bear market or 24 months bear market from here at max it could be 20 25% correction and then i think uh, quickly back on track because there is uh, demand in the in india at least there is demand in global economy i think i have to see the numbers but you know so the slowdown has so both I, it has both the if, if, I, if i just add up your argument you said 20 you don't mind seeing 25% but not 15 months matlab 25% in what 3 months 6 months yeah it could be i mean the corrections could be fast mm, something correction could seen, be fast something we haven't yes. really seen in a long long time 2008 we saw that and i think covid we saw that covid was COVID, the yes, best it was example an extraneous event but from uh, 13000 i think since mm. 2009 during this whole bull run we actually never saw sharp reactions otherwise prior to that like the last bull market we saw 2004 there was a big reaction 2006 there was a big reaction every two years there was a big reaction after 2009 it never happened except for covid so that is that is the funny thing but i am not even saying that you know that the correction could start as soon as february hmm. or you know in the next 15 days or a month i think it is going to play out uh, over the next few uh, next few months you know 
and you don't know you have elections in us and with this trump coming back lot of changes could again happen in the way us functions because the democrats have taken it uh, to a very different uh, they are following a very different regime than what trump was following earlier so i think those factors are also there and i don't see it playing out in the next 15 days or a month i mean that kind of correction starting to happen as we are seeing anyways as as you know two days when i two days ago when i spoke to you said fii's are still 1 lakh contract short and today it was 87 uh, yesterday it was 86 or 87000 contracts yeah so i think uh, you know today i think it might have gone up so i think all these uh, these scenarios could play out for the next few months and i don't see while while there may be a correction because any market has to have a correction if it is going up so sharply so i see a correction but i don't see it playing up so fast as you are anticipating in the next 15 days you know you saying that 10% nifty correction i don't see it maybe 2 3% by the or, by the way the final number is minus 80340 for today okay so we are there 80000 net short yeah uh, fii net short okay so yeah. sarvendra same question to you ki i mean such a big jump in bond yields uh, why didn't it really impact markets what do you think is going on i think uh, post covid lot of it's it's more to do with said and uh, i think our markets were the only thing that was functioning normally everything everything else was the work from a majority of the people were sitting home at least the first 3 4 months i think and since my thought is that what i i i i i talked to a lot of people and from their 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 feedback i i have got kind of got this picture that when people are sitting in the car getting bored how much of ott can you watch how much of anything can you watch you want to earn some money right everybody wants to earn some money because you have to foot your monthly bill so this was the only avenue i think which people thought and so so many novices and newbies have joined at that point in time ki i think the the people who people thought that chalo this this is one good quick money we can make and everybody is a laptop nowadays phone everything so i think technology got so many new people in and since they have not seen anything and mai bhai hindi ke kahawat hai nothing to hurt anyone but i am saying hindi ke kahawat hai mai dada ji bahut bola karte the ki saavan ke andhe ko har cheez har cheez hari lagti hai anybody who lost eyesight during a during a rainy season where everything is green to unko sab hara dikhta hai so the guys who come from covid unhone bhi kuch dekha hi nahi life mein and they come and share their experiences and they think jab wo humse baatein karte hai to aisa lagta hai they have their own air they are absolute नो from past four five experiences that we we have in our own lifetimes as i said right from the harshad mehta crash which i saw in my school days how it affected my family my dad my chacha ji my uncles the friend circle around right and then we had we had covid then we had dot com then we had ketan and then we had 2004 bjp atal bihari vajpayee lost election the government went down then 2008 we were together we called it together maybe 15 days here and there we called it together 
you were in dubai but we we called it on the decks on that same very day on that same very bar that this is done so moral of the story here is that and then after that all those tops and bottoms so moral of the story here is that we've seen those things and i personally at the cost of maybe going wrong i see the same same flavor right now in terms of how it has gone to everybody's head that is never that i have seen from my dad's time or during the ketan time this it is never good when it gets into your head and you think that nothing can go wrong that is exactly the time when things horribly go wrong so so as you said the caution is to be advised and there is no by no means see the risk at 10000 sensex now at 60000 sensex is six times more right so at 6000 nifty and 20000 nifty the risk is at least four times more that that nobody can debate and discuss the risk is definitely that much more since the base is so high right so the risk is definitely higher so and the way you have run up there's always a big risk because few stocks are all vertical they have even one because of correction so it's a finite thing the number of stocks are finite the company has got the number of individuals are finite in terms of where company will contest the employees are finite. there's no perpetuity in discussing so this cannot be an total infinity right mathematically this cannot end up till infinity right if every every new high has to be bought then things are going to go to infinity and if every new low is to be sold st- stock prices have to go to zero and we know that both the things are not going to happen neither we are completely going to zero neither we are going to infinity so as analysts we have to find the middle path and the data as i said it's suggesting so brilliantly that i have no why should i discuss and debate or question a data which is so perfectly playing out on the chart of sensex that every 2 3 every 2 to 4 years every even year you keep on falling 25 30% for whatever reason reason have always followed price so reasons will always come later on just like 2022 the ukraine war started but the market stopped out in december only november november december september the market stopped out in 2021 by january 2022 everything was stopped out and ukraine war came after to the news came after 3 4 months from the initial top of the market was september 2021 in us also so news will always lag by 2 3 quarters is is my firm belief over the last whatever 20 years of experience that we carry so is sab ka bhi news baad mein aayega so i am not getting into that debate why what where when news will follow i am pretty sure and as i said being an election year you might have this volatility if it is not the first quarter of this year then the third fourth quarter definitely gets you the top so everybody has to now strategize and you have to have your risk rewards you have to have your trades you have to have your stop losses if we are saying bear market that does not mean that we will never cut our short trade if our stop loss are hit we will cut the short trade on the index but it's not that it's a short trade is also not till perpetuity but it looks like that the risk is there the risk is very very much there it's glaring it's bla- at least it's it's glaring in my eyes i don't know about others as i said from my discussions to people to vendors to whom ever i talk to clients everything i think uh, this has gone into the head of majority of the majority i think 90% people have got this crazy into their head and they have not seen they have not seen a, they have not seen bad times because they have come from post covid so these four years were looking very very rosy to them but it is not that rosy if it was so rosy then my data points would have also shown me not that we are without reason we are not saying this see whenever the bank nifty has lagged the nifty by 24 to 36 months it is usually a top and it is the third or fourth time i am seeing the same pattern repeating on the bank nifty and to listeners i can tell you that 
uh and then when you go to 2008 i think again that was a uh, i think more than six eight almost 70 percent retracement again so uh pretty significant in terms of uh, what was what happened there uh and uh, when you think of those kind of so I, so if you even go by you know sometime back sarvendra said we can look for a deeper second wave so if you look at sectors that have gone to all-time highs whether it's in power metals psus and so on even if we presume that these are nice big start of bull market wave one, uh, the question is, will you get a deep wave two? We tried to think about it in 21, 22. It didn't happen. Uh, I said, fine, let me consider a count that allows me to extend it. But now what we are seeing in the last two years is a bunch of ending diagonals. Uh, Sarvendra highlighted Bank Nifty, which is the most obvious one. The most compelling and most obvious ending diagonal is the one we see in Bank Nifty, which means your banking sector doesn't perform and it is not doing so. There are many other stocks that have the similar pattern uh, without really mentioning names. And that sort of signaling, you know, that something is ending rather than, you know, something new has begun. And so when you're ending something, so once again, you go back thinking, okay, then is this the end of that bigger wave one? I mean, it didn't happen in 21. It's happening now in 24. And if you're going to do a second wave, why will it only retrace 61%? What if it does more? So your worst case scenario, Palak, is that you don't retrace 61%, you end up retracing 70, 80, 90% of the entire move. Now, that is your worst case scenario. Will it happen? Is a function of, will the bond market uh, bubble? And that is what you've really burst, I think, in 21, 22, which the market is not recognizing. And my reason, my reason for it not recognizing is not just the existence of liquidity, because uh, there is an old saying, which is that markets fall on their own weight. Uh, and so it doesn't take weight for markets to go up. You know, So that is why all this liquidity argument that there's a lot of buying doesn't work uh, at the end of any bull market. Uh, but uh, the reason is that is psychology. Uh, and Sarvindra spent quite some time saying that it's gotten to people's head. And, and the psychology this time is that if Fed to rate cut, inflation to come, they have to go back to QE. And that is the crowd that is buying at any level, you know, that is buying this dip and taking it back to valuations that were already high. Why your when your 2022 correction started, you remember the narrative had shifted that interest rates are going up, a valuation correction has to happen. But you didn't get a full valuation correction. You're back at those valuations that you were in some cases even higher. So interest rates are still here. People believe this can go on endlessly. And there's no valuation correction despite interest rates having gone up. And the only reason is it's because it's got into people's head. So that is why it's a bubble. When it gets to your head, it's a bubble. That is the short answer. Uh, I don't know, you can check with every other, you know, young guy around me, at least I know all my cousins and others. Everybody who's getting onto a job, the day they get their job, I get a phone call. I want to invest in the stock market. How should I go about it? I haven't seen this kind of a scenario in the past. We can say it's a good thing. And that's the money that's coming into the market. But this is all silent money, you know, that doesn't know what it's doing, uh, has no logic or sense to it. Uh, how does it end? We'll all figure out one day. But this is what is happening. I mean, uh, even youngsters who've not gotten a job uh, are asking this question. You're 18 year old, 18 years old, your olds, probably like me in 1992, uh, are thinking that, wow, this is the place I should go and uh, learn how to make money. Uh, the last cycle didn't end well for those people. Uh, we are still to see how this one does, but yeah, that's the that's the hot money. No, no, my own my own nephew is trading in his dad's account. What can I tell you? What what else you need as a sentiment? 
सो माई नेव्यू इज ट्रेडिंग इन दैट अकाउंट एंड इट कीप्स टेलिंग मी मैंने ये लिया मैंने वो लिया मैंने ये बेचा सो सो दैट्स हाउ स्ट्रॉगली इट इज गॉन इज जस्ट आउट ऑफ कॉलेज एंड वी इज ट्रेडिंग सो सो मॉल ऑफ द स्टोरी इज एंड द अदर बिगेस्ट कंसेंसेस राइट नाउ एंड पीपल विल अग्री टू दिस दैट यू बाय अर ह्यूमर एंड यू सेल अ न्यूज राइट अब एंड एंड द कंसेंसेस इज द बिगेस्ट पॉइंट ऑफ डिसअपॉइंटमेंट and if there is a strong consensus that immediately it gets discounted so this bjp win thing is absolutely discounted everybody knows it so why will it wait till election to top out if everybody is thinking that okay bjp is going to win and i am going to sell as close to the election i don't think the smart people behave, behave like that smart people once they know that it has been discounted you will already see the selling coming in so so my thought is that it's such a strong consensus that it need not wait till the election result declaration to get discounted it will get discounted very soon and there is no possibly there there may may not be a doubt majority people believe that bjp is going to win so just as an indic- i'm i'm not i'm not commenting politically but i'm saying it is as strong as a consensus and such a strong consensus usually leads to disappointments is what i'm saying as far as stocks are concerned and yeah, fact- for 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 the market news i think that should get discounted everybody is sure that bjp is winning why will i wait till the end till the election day why should i wait if i want to book profits i will book slightly earlier no one month two month three month earlier smart money is going to book earlier that's that's my thought yeah sorry no no i i remember our discussion on monday that you know why the market was up and i had no idea i was traveling and then it was like oh it's possibly because of the bihar uh, thing which was happening and we so up, it's not just that we are discounting the idea that you know fed will cut rates and qe will come back and so on and they have not done anything we also discounting the idea that ye government to aane wali hai ye to hone wala hai and so all of this is getting discounted right now right away uh, i don't know what else is left to discount on that news no jharkhand is still left jharkhand rohit you want to take some questions from the audience i really wonder you know this is this is this this whole topic around macro it can go in a good way or a bad way the only thing i'll <laughs> tell the audience that ha huh, because it can become big argument ye sab nonsense hai or they can start off on their own narratives uh but yeah one or two if they one are or two we can take yeah one no, or two palak, 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 let me tell you see people have to first understand from the time frame that we are coming in from so we yeah. are we are coming in from a time frame of a 40 year bear market in bonds ending so people have to first understand now next four months you ca- start come and harassing me ki boss ye to 6.5 nahi gaya it's not, it's not like that we are saying that a 40 year bond market has bear market has ended and there's a possibility of a 24 year bull market getting ended in india right from 2000 mm-hmm. from 2000 if we start this bull market from the 2000 lows and we say that we are into a bull market and actually if you go to bse 500 which is a better chart the bull market started in 1999 it is absolutely ripe 24 years right it's a ripe 24 year bull market whatever we studied in mba a business cycle is 8 years right 8 into 3 is 24 so we are three where we started our careers we have seen three business cycles right three big bull markets are over so this could be a 24 year cycle on the equities also which could be ending because the bonds have ended a 40 year cycle people have to first appreciate that then you have to understand that the repercussions of this if they come will be at least 5 to 8 years on the bond market and could be 2 to 3 years on the indian markets because indian markets the biggest bear market longest bear market was 1986 to 1988 two years right so the maximum we have gone is two years and the minimum we has gone is covid right those three four months one month in fact one that one big candle and khatak the bottom was done so more of the story is here that 15 to 24 months is what you should be looking at 
and it's healthy see uh, upside uh, one side bull market up or a one side bear market down does not allow you to make money i am never happy in a market which goes one side either up or down because once you book out either a either a short or a long it becomes very difficult to reenter because the market is going one way either side so it's always healthy for the market also to take a time wise and a gradual correction i would love that but that does not mean that it could not be a sharp thing so let's see i think i am putting a timeline of 15 months to around 18 months for a correction to set in this year so will it be jan or october november we will see but filhal at the moment i think that it's all set to do it possibly in january and the first week of feb that's my call and as i said to everyone everybody has to have their own risk management their own stop losses and everything right it will take me not even a moment to cut my losses but people have and reverse the view also if needed but everybody else should appreciate that that we are allowed to trade both sides yeah you know a lot of people don't uh, i can tell you with my own reader reader audience on india charts are cribbing for two months or one month that year aap tab se bol rahe ho ki ye hoga wo girta hai fir badhta hai re opportunity miss ho gaya but when you are looking at the big scheme of things what i will tell them is that well if you didn't buy the covid bottom and didn't make money between 2020 and 23 then you and you are cribbing about two months in a four year cycle where there were huge opportunities to make millions then it's your sad sad part that you didn't come in at the wrong time and you want to crib about only two months of missed opportunities and i'm happily out of this market for the last two months not trying to buy trading both ways but looking for the next big shot only still because that is what i think lies ahead uh, so i'm with you on that and in terms of time you know you are mentioning something i'll just say that covid while it appears short in terms of nifty but uh, in terms of the broad indices i think they peaked in 2018 so actually it was a two year kind of a uh, 18 months at least kind of a bear market uh, in terms of stocks no absolutely i think uh, all uh, 70% 80% of the market topped out in 2018 only and all those names are trying to come up above those highs right now there are quite a handful of stocks which are trying to catch up and that is where i said we were discussing about this indicator on the bsc 500 also if you look at bsc 500 i think as of at the moment around 60% of the universe is lagging the nifty when we compare from 2018 top of 12400 so so the underperformance now that severe it's and it's gradually shifted from 20 20 30 40 50 now approximately close to 60% stocks are delivering zero to negative returns vis-a-vis the nifty so yeah. and we are at an all time high so this is this cannot this this structure cannot be start of a fresh bull market before a correction the next bull market will st- not start i also believe that in the f- next 15 20 months 18 months whenever the bottom is in place i want to go long but right now i think the risk does not the risk is too 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 big to look at a long side of the trade yeah and i i'll tell you that uh, uh, for for the grace of god and i don't uh, i don't really i mean this is not this kind of an opinion that you know we are sharing you will probably not hear anywhere 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 else because most people are just scared about one thing what if i'm wrong what if people say this and so on and especially if you're if you're in the active fund industry uh, managing uh, you know millions you are just not going to come out and give this kind of a view on things uh, and this whole thing about safe safety that you know stay invested hamesha chalta hai you just have to go back and look at the interviews of these very same uh, very same people in 2020 2021 and see how frustrated they were with the whole three year bear market and now uh, we can very easily say get away with it and say that our ah, markets always recover you should keep investing but jab fatti hai to fat jati hai so that is what happens with everybody everybody loses money 
I've seen the biggest of investors get, uh, you know, ripped. Uh, uh, I've worked with, you know, large investors also prior to my long career with uh, India Charts and uh, they all make the same mistakes, you know. We we think that, you know, this operator is big, this is so much money. So, like, they all know, they all... The market is the greatest leveler. Everybody makes the same mistakes. And so, you have to be very, very self-aware and aware of what markets are doing, have the ability to, you know, leave something on the table. The biggest money is really made from, and what I mentioned at the beginning, from the point of panic to the point of extreme. If your starting point is a point of panic, then... From there to the bubble is where the big money is really made. In between is is just participation, you know. So and such points of time do come. They come again and again. Uh, uh, in many decades, you find three, four such times, and those are the ones to you'd really want to be in. Uh, uh, is this one of the moments where you can even start in between? Is what we think is not the case. Uh, if something happens, like I said, the the scenario which can go against us is what is hyper bubble, right? So if you go hyper bubble, sure, you go hyper bubble, hyper inflate everything, and we are all wrong, right? The Fed prints another QE five, six, and seven, but uh, that's not necessarily going to be the case, and the bond market is is already leading the way on that case. And so, uh, in fact, I think Sarvendra, okay. your three point three percent is possibly the fourth wave of lower degree, sounding more technical over here. And if we don't go below the fourth wave of previous degree, we are headed towards new highs in bond yields and an, another impulse. Who knows? But uh, Rohit, while you are here, yeah, sorry, Sarendra, yeah, yeah, I would conquer. I would, I would concur. See, there is no hurry to call a, a a reversal in the in the trend on the bond market. See, as I said, it's a forty-year bear market which has which has reversed. It will at least last five to eight years. The bias would be positive. Now, where it reaches, eventually we will see. But there could be a series of ABCs also where where gradually you keep making higher highs, but you be range bound also. But Net net, the bottom line is that before going back and breaking that forty-year trend line, you would spend time. So you've already spent eighteen months, uh, more than eighteen months, I think, and I think still more, at least eighteen to twenty-four months to go before the U.S. bond yields reverse. Possibility of reversing comes into my model. My model is not seeing a bond yield reversal for the next eighteen months. Fed may do whatever it wants to do, but the market forces will drive those yields higher. Is 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 my contention. Yeah, Rohit. So while you are already here, and you know you have painted this scenario, so yeah. I think listeners want to know uh, what is the alternative. I mean, where do you see gold heading in such a scenario of gloom and doom in the equity markets and the bond markets? So uh, uh, gold is a two-way catch. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I say that. Gold is first a currency, okay, and therefore it moves in on the basis of your individual currency. So if I say if we say that oh the dollar is going to go up, which means the dollar index. That can be bearish for gold in dollar terms, but the opposite side of that is that it means that all other currencies are falling, and if all other currencies are falling against the dollar, then gold in various currency terms could be at an all-time high. So you have to keep this in mind. What are you really hedging? If you think at some point of time you're hedging against your own currency, whether it's the USD INR, if I say the USD INR is going to go to a 90 and a 100. Then definitely gold is not going to go down in rupee terms. So that is the hedge that gold brings you. It brings you stability in a currency crisis, uh, and uh, so in rupee terms it could still be good, but in dollar terms it might not be. That is my thought. So basically, you don't see any much, any bigger rally in gold from here. Not, not, not immediately. 
not in dollar terms again i'm differentiating the dollar and rupee thing because yeah but that cannot is... be too far away i mean you know in rupee terms if the gold is price something it cannot no, it be can, too far away be, no no it can be very far away you take the example of 1980 to 1990 gold in dollar terms had fallen by more than half and in rupee terms it was going up because the indian currency was going from 9 rupees to 10 rupees to 20 and then 30 27 by the time we did the reforms uh and that's a huge devaluation so in in rupee terms gold still went up even when in dollar terms it was down okay palak i sh- i share a little different stance here on gold silver because i have been a gold gold and silver bull for the last now 2 years and people might not like it but uh, if you go till now nifty is sensex just ran up but i think still they have not caught up with gold so uh, gold is still giving you over the last 18 24 months gold is still beating and we are talking about the index now if you put a some mid cap stock here and say that it went up 50% then he then the correlation is not apple to apple and it's like not even apple and it is like apple to grapes because mid caps are like grapes and gold is the real apple right so if you look at gold i think it's beaten all global indices uh, over the last 24 months and i think it return on gold has return almost close to 28 30% for the last 2 years and same same with the case with silver right so I I am still a I still believe that these two precious metals are headed higher and let me give you uh, let me give you people thought to think that on my precious metal indicators Dow Jones has not hit a single new high single new high since 1999 so it's been a 24 year outperformance for precious metals on the Dow Jones and uh, if if I compare it with the Sensex I think uh, Sensex has not hit hit a single new high in precious metal terms. since uh, 2008 okay and all these all these indices are struggling at around 50 60% retracements to that 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 particular indicator that itself is a glaring glaring it's a glaring signal if if someone can understand that it's a glaring glaring signal to understand unless and until these indices start their bull markets vis-a-vis gold and silver and platinum and palladium i don't think that this is a real bull market it's a quasi fake bull market because in in real value terms purchasing power terms i think you can still not buy the same amount of gold on dow jones what you could buy in 1999 you will not get that amount of gold right now you will get even i think you will get just half the gold not even half i think you will get one third of the gold what you could have bought vis-a-vis dow jones in 1999 so it's a quasi bull market it's a fake bull market it's purely driven on numbers and currency printing and that is where as i said it could be a cause of a major disappointment somewhere down the line and by the way gold is headed for, for me i think gold I, i will not give numbers but gold is headed fairly fairly higher from here and both silver and gold are headed way higher from where they are and i think these two will be giving you the best returns over the next 3 6 months uh, sorry 3 6 years sorry was i audible palak hello yeah audible audible okay shall bhai so palak, uh, you, want, you can take some questions if you want and sir 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 is there nahi nahi bolne do na nahi le lo sharad ji sharad ji aap puchiye puchiye aapko jo puchna hai ah 
आपले रोहित भाई सर्वेंद्र भाई वेलकम टू इंडिया आप लोग तो अमेरिकन हो सिर्फ सिर्फ अमेरिका का बात करते हो बाउंड्री लिए हो भाई अठारह हजार माइल दूर है वो कंट्री वो जो भी करेगा अपने उधर नहीं होएगा ऐसा उधर का पी रेशियो एवरेज फॉरवर्ड सत्रह का है अपना फॉरवर्ड है सत्ताईस का ओके ये क्यों बाजार गिरेगा केमिकल स्टॉक्स आर कोटिंग एट एटी नाइनटी फिफ्टी हंड्रेड हंड्रेड एंड ट्वेंटी ऐसा सब है रिजल्ट्स बहुत ही खराब आ रहे हैं वो अच्छे रिजल्ट ढूंढने को तकलीफ होता था यह बोट का आया तीन सौ बारह करोड़ वावा लेकिन क्वार्टर ऑन क्वार्टर तीन सौ ग्यारह था और ये अभी तीन सौ बारह कहने का मतलब है वी आर वे अहेड नॉट वे अहेड वी आर स्टूपिडली अहेड ऑफ द फंडामेंटल्स यही नीचे लेके आएगा अब क्यों आएगा कैसे आएगा वो तो वो तो आप लोग ही बताओगे आप तो एस्ट्रोलॉजर हो हम तो है नहीं लेकिन ये रोहित भाई जो बोले कि अपने ही वेट से गिर जाएगा वो एक रीजन है और एक दूसरा रीजन है सप्लाई विल बी मोर देन द डिमांड इसके लिए गिर जाएगा लॉस मेकिंग आप लेगा मैं लेगा लेकिन आदमी क्यों लेगा मतलब दिस इज अ रेडिकुलसली प्राइस मार्केट देर इज नो वैल्यू इन इट आई स्ट्रगल टू फाइंड अ गुड बाय विथ नो ये म्यूचुअल फंड में अभी तकरीबन 25 लाख करोड़ है तो जो रोहित भाई बोलते हैं कि दस टका बीस टका गिरेगा तो चार पांच लाख करोड़ रुपया म्यूचुअल फंड में से उड़ जाएगा अभी इतना डिस्ट्रक्शन होगा तो इट विल अफेक्ट द इकोनॉमी मार्क माई वर्ड्स आई मेनी पीपल नॉट गोइंग टू रेस्टोरेंट्स बिकॉज Anyways, down shares are down like that. Also, another thing: these newbies that have come have any a ticker on a a TV about anything. They ramp up the price without understanding what is what. Now, another thing is. the family officers have mushroomed in recent years ab ab pehle ek do teen hua karta tha ye ye prem ji sar ka tha aur ek do the oh kafi acha tha abhi to sab ke hai era gera nathu sab ka hai 500 crore 1000 crore to they are buying left right and center without understanding what is what so to answer your question 
was driving the markets up, the newbies and the family offices. Now, let me tell you one thing. The fund managers of the mutual funds are exceptionally smart. They wouldn't buy anything uh, nonsense. They'll buy something which has value. But this family offices and newbies, they have created. And about the budget, as Palakbhai was saying, if fiscal deficit uh, come here, that is the cause of worry. Fiscal deficit And if government is are tightening the budget, it doesn't augur well <coughs> for the uh, country. I would have been very bullish if they would have said, we are spending so much, we are doing a uh, capex of so much, we are doing deficit financing so much. Because we are a huge, huge, huge country. And we need a push-up. Now, one man cannot do it. Two men cannot do it. So the government has to step in and do the need for Now, we were talking about U.S. and all that. Okay, 35 trillion deficit. Why are you worried? Uh, the lenders have to worry. Uh, U.S. doesn't have to worry. Uh, they have borrowed. Like that, if we would borrow more and spend on on whatever uh, infra or whatever, just imagine how much Philip it will give to the economy. Now, the stock market is up. Okay, no two doubts about it. But our economy, if you see all the indicators, it's not doing well. Our market cap is 375 trillion rupees. Our economy at nominal is 310 trillion. And at real GDP, it's 240 trillion. Normally, it is, uh, the market cap is 60% of nominal. So, so, to answer the question, why the fall will come, it will fall uh, like this. And it's not a bubble, for sure. It's not a bubble. A bubble ka bubble ka bubble ka baap hai. And you will be surprised. I wonder every night what will happen. All this wealth, nobody is encashing it. I Rohit Bhai ko bola bedo to aisa muh bigada unhone to bolna hi main chhod diya. Kehne ka matlab hai koi sunta nahi hai. Aur main ab bolta bhi nahi hu kisi ko advice nahi deta hu. If you are buying a stock or keeping a stock at 100p, do you understand what you are doing? You are destroying family wealth. And no, you sir, are... Nahi, sir, uh, sir, you are giving your wealth to third generation of that of that owner. 
उसके तीसरे जनरेशन तक वो पैसा जाएगा अरे पर जरूरी थोड़ी है कि वो कमी रहेगा भाई सर वही तो बोल वही तो बोल रहा हूँ हम भी घंटा लगे हैं मेरे से मैं बोलता हूँ कि ये जो डॉलर रूपी का खेल चल रहा है एक क्या है नॉनसेंस इतना मैनिपुलेशन अनहर्ड ऑफ अनवांटेड लॉर्ड ऑफ इंस्टीट्यूशंस अब्रॉड आर कमेंटिंग इट्स मैनेज्ड मार्केट ये वो ब्ला 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 व्हाट विल हैपन you cannot hold shit in your hand for a long time it will bring lot of decay in your hand so if you hold the prices for long what will come nobody understands or rather nobody bothers they are only bothered about today they don't want to bother about tomorrow कैसे पहुंचेगा कब पहुंचेगा देखेंगे लॉन्गेस्ट रेंजेस मतलब अठारह महीने इतनी टाइट रेंज में रहा है ऐसा हिस्टोरिकली कभी दिखता नहीं है It's been an 18 month tight range. मतलब मैं ये बात कर रहा रेंज बाउंड रहा है बारह पंद्रह महीने रेंज बाउंड रहा है लेकिन इतनी टाइट रेंज विच इज लाइक थ्री ऑट परसेंट इतनी टाइट रेंज में तीन uh, परसेंट की टाइट रेंज में अठारह महीने कभी नहीं रहा आई कैन एटलीस्ट लास्ट ट्वेंटी थर्टीशियल में तो एटी एट का भाव है हाँ तो होगा सर आई थिंक ग्रे मार्केट में रेट ज्यादा है ये मैं भी सुनता हूँ मेरे पास उतना आपके जितने कॉन्टेक्ट नहीं है बट ग्रे मार्केट में रेट्स काफी 200-300 पॉइंट प्रीमियम चल रहा रोहित भाई थैंक यू सो मच Yes, thank thank you, Sharadji. Palak and anyone else, Palak, you can. Uh... Yeah, I think uh, there was one uh, person, ex JP Morgan. Hmm. I think minted. We have already given him uh, speaking right, so I think he can ask if he's still there. I think he's having a connection problem or something. I don't know. I think Alok Ji is there. Alok Churi Wala, if he wants to. You're talking of minted swings, yeah. Minted yeah, minted. Yeah, minted swings. So he is one, and I think if Alokji wants to talk or Alokji wants to ask any question or give any view. So you'll need to uh, wait. I'm not able to get there. If you can see him, you just uh, you can give them give him access. 
Yeah, I have given access to him. I think he needs to accept. I Anyways, can see some ten fifteen uh, requests, but I am not able to do anything about. Um, I I think my thing is not working, but I can see ten twelve requests. Pending. Yeah, there are many. There are many. Uh, so we can not, we can see some all. people who yeah we can see some people who are prominent. I mean you know who are market experts or something. We can let them talk. हाँ तो मैं एक शरद जी से मैं पूछना चाहता हूँ कि सर आप हमेशा शॉर्ट ही होते हो मतलब यू आर नोन एज अ बिग बेयर ट्रेडर तो आपका व्यू जब भी हो थोड़ा सा यू नो ऑन द शॉर्ट साइड ही होता है सो आई ऑलवेज टेक यू विद अ पिंच ऑफ सॉल्ट नहीं आप ठीक है पिंच ऑफ सॉल्ट से लीजिए और पिंच ऑफ पेपर से लीजिए On my spaces also I talk of lot of stocks which we can go long on. हाँ हाँ लाइक टू लिसन टू यू नो डाउट अबाउट दैट ये तो मैं जस्ट ऐसे ही मैं क्या बोलता हूँ आपको फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल आप एक बात समझिए फ्यूचर्स मार्केट क्यों होता है अब बताइए हेज करने के लिए वो तो कॉन्सेप्ट है हाँ तो मैं फ्यूचर्स मार्केट में लॉन्ग करके अपने बाप का नाम नहीं रखूंगा और और आई डू लॉन्ग्स आल्सो शॉर्ट्स आल्सो बट बेसिकली आई एम एन इन्वेस्टर आठ स्टॉक है सत्रह साल हो गया बेचने का नहीं है लेने का नहीं है तो पूरा दिन करूं तो क्या करूं मैं और बेचने में कॉस्ट ऑफ कैरी मिलता है ये तो दो साल से है लेकिन पहले एवरी मंथ एक एक्सीडेंट होता था इंडिया में तो पैसा ही पैसा बनता था आई थिंक दैट वाज वाज व्हेन व्हेन वी डिफरेंट फाइनेंस मिनिस्टर नो 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 अंटिल जनवरी I'm not uh, politically biased for or against. Though uh, Amit Shah is my second uh, cousin, I'm no great shakes. That he is good, he is bad. Ah, whatever he is, we have to talk about them. Who who first happened, who should not be left. Today, what is where are we headed? Everything is controlled. We deregulated our dollar, hmm. and again we are regulating. We deregulated oil and uh, petrol and all that. Again, we are controlling. I don't know. So actually, Chidambaram ne kabi deregulate kiya hi nahi tha. Wo to ek gimmick tha government ka. Because price to hamesha controlled hi tha sir. Wo you know unko set karne kabi dete hi nahi the. Nee nee. नहीं 2014 के बाद में डी कंट्रोल हुआ इफ यू रिमेम्बर प्रॉपरली टैक्सेस तो कंट्रोल कर लेते हैं ना वो लोग सो वट पेट्रोल का सौ रुपया अगर हम लोग दे रहे हैं तो उसमें टैक्सेस वो लोग कंट्रोल करते हैं तो 
अब पलक भाई मेरा पेट्रोल का पैसा मेरी वाइफ देती है मेरे को कोई फिक्र नहीं है कितना भी हो पचास हो कि पांच सौ हो मेरे को क्या फर्क पड़ता बट द पॉइंट आई एम मेकिंग पलक भाई के वी आर गोइंग बैक इंस्टेड ऑफ गोइंग फॉरवर्ड हाँ एक बात आया आप तो यूएस का बात करते हो उधर शेयर्स कितने सस्ते हैं वो किसी को अंदाजा नहीं है कंपेयर टू आर कंट्री एंड अबाउट गोल्ड आई थिंक इट विल बी अराउंड फाइव थाउजेंड इवेंचुअली फाइव थाउजेंड डॉलर्स फाइव थाउजेंड डॉलर्स ओके डबल मोर देन डबल फ्रॉम यूर टू एंड हाफ टाइम्स दो साल का तीन साल का अगर आप देखोगे ना ऑप्शन चेन तो चार हजार तक तो खुल गया है एंड 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 पलक भाई इट्स वेरी डिफिकल्ट फॉर अमन brain to judge so far you can say ke ha lagta hai upar jayega and i put a number and sarvendra doesn't put a number uh, so it means we are in the same uh, camp uh, palak bhai mm hmm it, it is headed higher True. and 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 believe me mai 10 rupaya ya 50 नोट तो अभी आजकल मैं देखता ही नहीं हूं जो भी आता है सौ रुपया पांच सौ रुपये का ही आता है सर सर पचास रुपए में आता क्या है पचास रुपए में तो पता ही नहीं चलता पचास रुपए इज नाउ बिकम लूज चेंज सौ भी चेंज ही है मेरे हिसाब से तो कुछ आता तो है नहीं पचास सौ रुपए में अरे एमएमटीसी तो बहुत दीपक दुआ इस फ्रॉम एमएमटीसी बहुत बड़ा गोल्ड इंपोर्टर है इंडिया का एमएमटीसी ही हैड गिवन अ रिक्वेस्ट बट आई डोंट नो इज ही एबल टू नो नो वी शुड मेक हिम टॉक यार एमएमटीसी इज वन ऑफ इंडियाज लार्जेस्ट गोल्ड इंपोर्टर्स या आई नो दे वर आल्सो स्टोरिंग गोल्ड इन 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 वॉल्ट्स फॉर इन्वेस्टर्स अच्छा they have that vault to a vault storing facility but yeah uh-huh. he is not so i guess he is not connected or not speaking so uh-huh. what do we do shall we call it a day it's almost 2 hours now yeah i think yeah uh, yeah guys, i know there are many other requests but we are not getting into yeah. deep q&a i think a week or two after like after a week or two we can again get back yeah we will we'll do another spaces where we can actually take you any after a few days uh, but it was really important that we got this discussion going and share this opinion you know that we've been discussing talking to each other and as i was talking to palak earlier in the evening he said here we end up having these discussions one on one when it should actually be very interesting for people to hear us uh, rather than just you know talking uh, behind doors and that is sort of what we ended up doing and so i brought in sarvendra since we were also talking about the many things in the last couple of days and uh, we shared this opinion with you 
remember it's a big picture thing that is happening it's not about one day two day so that is not not the concern point uh, for us that is basically the time horizon in which to manage trades which is what we call as trade management uh, but we do believe strongly that the big picture uh, has a lot of problems uh, this is this does appear to us as an extremely overvalued market and also as i say sentimentally the herd is on the on one side of this uh, the sheer volumes in fact uh, if you just look at nifty 500 volumes they have been high for more than a month at peak and this is just classic technical uh, you know stuff that prices rise on rising volume and price prices fall on falling volume in a bull market and so peak volume always happens at the top and for the last one month we are seeing this kind of you know rotational volume at the same price level which is usually sign of a topping process so it may have taken a while but it doesn't really change our opinion of what is really going on so so i think uh, patiently we'll just going to be watching and seeing that this plays out and as it does we'll have another spaces we'll take on more qe but for today we'll want to call it a day yeah i think rohit after 15 days i think we'll have a uh, better idea of what is going on yeah and i even uh, i was just acting as a devil's advocate as otherwise the debate would uh, otherwise the talk would have been one sided i also feel that markets are a little stretched but but still my view is that it is going to take some time it will not play out immediately as the fall uh, you know there are politics and other angle driving the market it's never a straight jacketed thing so yeah. i think near the us election somewhere just before trump coming or just before the us elections the chaos could set in uh, you know so indian elections are a given i mean you know global forces whatever i mean they could have planned but it may not even be close the kind of sentiment uh, that is there so i think it is the us elections uh, where all the conspiracies conspiracy global cons- uh, conspiracies political conspiracies will play out and i think that is when uh, just ahead of the us elections which is in november uh, whatever has to play out may likely play out any final words sir in yeah i think palak if you can just put a broad disclaimer at the end and uh, see uh, people have to understand this that this is a pretty broad picture that we are talking and i can vouch for rohit also you have to first understand that our short term time frame is 3 to 6 months our medium term is like 6 12 months and when we are talking long term it's always 12 24 month plus kind of a view so people have to first understand that before jumping to their own conclusions and we have, you have to give this view to play out you have to give it time okay so if it, as i said if it's not in the first quarter it is usually in the third or the fourth quarter of the even year that you get the major top so you would take the first trade in the first half which is you will take the first trade in jan feb and if that view play out plays out yeah bang on you get your you you get your profits you get your 25 30% average decline on the index if not then possibly you get a second shot somewhere somewhere later part of this year and being an election year be ready for volatility and be ready to fine tune your trades be ready to be both in and out when needed right so it's not that uh, it's a holy grail that it has to be followed for the whole 12 months and shots cutne nahi hain suppose someone has acted on 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 the view on their own on, on their own conscious on the after consulting their own advisors if you do something you also have to take the other side of the trade or else you have to have the patience to sit out which we have suppose if you don't want to go long you have to have the patience to sit out and you have to give that answer to yourself do i see at the start of the year you have to give a very simple answer to yourself 
do you see nifty rising more than 7 8 10% this year from here so suppose we are at 22000 do you think by december end we will be somewhere around 23500 23 or 24 or 24000 if that is the case then you might get tempted for to try and make that incremental 1 or 2% more else i think your fds right now are also giving you 7% so if i have to take the risk in this in the market this year i need to get have a visibility of at least 15% which is two times the risk free rate of return okay if i am not going to get 15% this year which i don't think from 22 plus 15% is like 3000 more points nifty should be at 25000 that's not my view if that's not my view then why should i go and take a risk risky asset and not just sit tightly in some safe asset in a liquid asset and try to be in a liquid fund or an fd where if if the opportunity arises and there is a good correction then i have dry powder with me to go and go in the market so to me i don't think that this mark this year nifty could outperform by a margin of 1 2% to the fd rate if that is the case why should i be invested that that's my way to look at it i am making simple very very simple simple for the people to understand if you don't see another 9 10% gain uh, excess of 10% if you don't see an excess of 10% gain which means you don't see nifty beyond 24000 this year you can stay stuck to an fd you will end up making the same returns 1% here and there is no big deal but you would have taken a substantial risk out of the table in in a such overheated overbought fundamentally technically whatever we have we have listened all the sides of the story on all parameters this market is super hot super overbought and at risk so i would tell everyone to create some dry powder and as i said if you don't see another incremental 8 uh, 10% more than 10% it's better to stay in a 7 7.5% fd depending on your age you can get or in a long dated fd you can you can stick there and nowadays fds are also flexible so banks give you flexible fds that the, the moment you need funds you can break that fd without any penalty and you can use that fund so my sense would be always that i don't see another 8 9% coming from here on the nifty which means i am equally good keeping my money in an fd and making that amount of money and keeping risk out of the table so that's that's the last uh, part from my side Uh, thank you being patient for two year two hours and hand over to palak now to so, rohit thank you i think we have made our point yeah yeah thanks so we shall uh, call it a day call, uh, and end today's spaces uh, thank you everyone thanks sharad ji thanks arvindra and thanks palak for jo- all joining thank in you. Thank and you. adding value thank to you. everyone thank yeah. you bye